Welcome to The Residency, a podcast series from Desenio and the British Council exploring the work of contemporary designers and craftspeople around the world. This episode looks at the work of fashion and textile designer Elisa Rizavina and her exploration of the challenges facing the autonomous Gunayala province in northeast Panama. Um, My name is Elisa Rozevina and I'm a fashion textiles designer interested in using fashion and textiles as a way of creating new systems of operating that engage uh, more people and create social positive change. So um, the residency I took was uh, called La Wayaka Current um, and I was helped to pay for it through Crafting Futures uh, scheme. So La Wayaka Current residency is run by two artists um, that are focused on engaging artists from around the world with isolated areas um, and they're very kind of spread around the world. So one is on uh, in Norway, the other one is in Chile and the other one is in Panama and they all have completely different climate uh, conditions and really different communities they engage with. And the whole point is really to bring artists to these communities so that the artists are able to represent and talk about the environmental issues those very different areas could be facing. So I went to Gunayala, um, which is a politically autonomous area in Panama, um, and it's uh, an indigenous community and they won their their, their uh, political autonomous rights in the 1920s. It was quite a big fight, so um, being such a closed sort of monoculture community, they're very interested in preserving um, that independence and uh, really focused on um, appearing strong not only through their political decisions but also through their visual narratives. Um, and this is where molas come in. Um, so molas um, are these textile pieces that women incorporate at the front and at the back of their blouse. And it's part of a traditional costume that this region is known for. And women in it really, it's really interesting because women in these communities are really um, the, the cultural um, and spiritual symbol of life. They believe in, um, the community really believe in God above, who is a male God, and then there is female God, that is um, goddess uh, of earth. Um, so their whole life is really structured around appreciating the woman. So all their traditional and cultural ceremonies are structured around women. And it's sort of thought about of as um, a matriarchal community, which is not... It's, this is how Google presents it, and this is the research I was able to do before I went in. But really, it's not a matriarchal community in a way you would imagine it. There is still a lot of gender divide, but women do keep all the money in the house, and the ceremony due to the goddess Earth are structured around the women. And women do have this innate power in the culture, because without them, there would be no cultural... A symbol that is a guna person, which is suddenly you always imagine a woman with her um, uh, beads on her legs and her arms, with her sabarete, which is this fold, folding skirt, and the blouse is kind of something you would think of as your first impression of guna yala. So, molas are these 
squares normally they come in pairs um, and they are size a bit smaller than a3 a bit bigger than a4 somewhere in between the two sizes um, and it's sort of um, a method of applique that is multi-layered so applique is normally done as building on top of one fabric but mola um, is a method of applique which Builds on top, yes, as a final layer, but also has about three or four fabrics that are underneath. So the women constantly turn under and so to reveal whatever is under the, the, the top layer. So it's sort of this innovative applique method. Um, and mullahs are made normally out of cotton. Um, and the, my project addresses this issue, which is that due to Panama Canal being so established for um, the past century um, most of the cotton comes from China uh, and it's a cheap uh, toxically produced cotton and due to the Panama Canal and also due to the fact that there were so many invasions and there were also English uh, trading fruits and there was always this this income of traders or foreigners coming into Panama due to its uh, geographic location. Um, so Panama completely lost all of their textile production. There was no textile production on their lands. So Ch Chinese cotton is kind of the the, the main uh, point of usage uh, for the women. And also, which is um, really interesting, that saburetes, the, they have these skirts, which is literally just a square of fabric printed black, and then there is a print in color. There are factories in China that are dedicated specifically to making those types of textiles, which it kind of makes you question. Um, so there is this cultural symbol and there is this traditional costume of Panama and of an indigenous community in Panama, but all of it is produced in China. So um, environmental issues are sort of the driving um, force behind my project because the community actually deals with a lot of those issues. For example, in um, rising ocean levels, there is also no waste management whatsoever. Um, and um, community really get a lot of their produce from Colombia, which means a lot of packaged stuff, but there is no way of disposing of it. Um, so a lot of uh, times families just have to burn the, the trash and uh, that means that there are a lot of toxic fumes coming out all the time so the community has a lot of this waste uh, management issue and also there is a lot of plastic pollution from the ocean and actually I think seeing that in real life and being faced with it um, and just never having this never-ending flow of external uh, trash um, coming to your land, uh, whether you want it or not, is something really formative for their understanding of, of how to deal with trash, because actually um, they don't see it anymore. We came up with a solution with the community for women to be able to have more financial income and increase their visibility as a community. What they wanted is to start a cooperative. So um, my project uh, helps 30 women to start a cooperative, um, to build them a digital platform, 
to sort of build a channel of selling outside of the tourist markets. The issue with tourist markets is that they only pay about 10 to 30 dollars to work that takes about three weeks to three months to make. So, um, you know, there is so much unfairness in that because the price has been kept since the 90s and um, being so isolated at um, Armila village and not having any other sources of income, it would be good to connect them to clients and markets like fashion market, for example, or artisan fashion market that are willing to pay much more money and are much, much more engaged in this the stories of the communities and also um also really just looking at um the methods of textile production uh, that are engaged in molas rather than thinking of uh, only the final image or technique that is made um and is produced by the woman what are actually other steps um that are engaged so for example where does the cotton come from um, what's the dye that is used and really thinking how can they have more ownership of that process so currently I'm talking to Smithsonian um, about doing research on the behalf of the community for the community um, so that I could bring more historical information about how was ever textiles produced or colors grown in Gunayala because women are really through our workshops and numerous discussions and screenings and variety of ways of engaging in this topic, um, we really looked at, okay, how can this be more of ours? How can we really take full ownership of our cultural symbol that is Mola from from the, the very first process of growing cotton to the final process of final stitches? Um, and for now, because this project only has been going on for six months, um, what I've done, I've replaced their Chinese cotton with Latin American grown cotton. Um, the closest I could get was Peru, uh, which is really far away, actually. But uh, organic cotton is something still of a process in Latin America. And, you know, I've dyed it with low-impact dyes. Hopefully, whenever we work in the future, it will be more natural dyes. But again, that's a very slow process because natural dyes are still so much more muted. And, you know, if you've always had uh, really bright Chinese cotton, it would be really hard to engage with natural dyed cotton straight away. So it's this step of transition we're going through with the cooperative. We made a collection um, together with the cooperative and there are six looks. Each garment really through Mola addresses the issues the land is dealing with. Um, and this collection is not um, just one-off. It was a way of not only um, having items that could be sold and made for order and also exhibited as a way of narrating the story of the community but also as a case study for them to work through um, as a way of working with designers so there are several organizations in the world like artisan alliance and nest um, that work on connecting artisan groups with designers and fashion brands. And this is the most um, financially uh, stable and um, powerful way of connecting artisans um, to new sources of income. My involvement with them for the next, um, I'd say, year or two is really kind of sharing a variety of uh, product development workshops, pattern cutting workshops. I got them a grant 
to that helps them to get um, a sewing machine, for example, for the cooperative, several sewing machines, improving their internet uh, connection so that they could really connect to better income sources, but also use it not just as a, a platform for sharing their beautiful craft, but as a way of using their craft uh, to represent the land, um, their land and the issues of their land as of now, not just as a beautiful cultural, spiritual uh, land filled with myth and symbology, but also uh, showing the issues and addressing those issues. And I really, as an artist and as a designer, for me, it's really important to make, um, to reveal these places and really show uh, a Western world that these these people are affected and really using art and design in a beautiful way but also with a meaning behind it as a way of really showing the issues those lands are affected by. The Residency is a co-production between Desenio, the Quarterly Journal of Design, and the British Council, the United Kingdom's International Organisation for Cultural Relations and Educational Opportunities. This episode was based on an original interview by Ollie Stratford, produced by Chris Jones and edited by Christina Rapatsky.